Welcome to What's the Word podcast with myself, Nick Henderson, a resource that helps push you further in your faith by discussing what God's Word has to say about various topics that tend to trip up believers and keep us from advancing into the place God has for us. I'm so grateful you're tuning in today. And before we get into the content, I want to ask if this episode provides you any value that you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. Those two things help a ton. With that aside, let's jump in to today's episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to this week's episode. I'm with my guy Trevor in the studio once again. And Trevor, we got a pretty serious question today. So in light of kind of everything happening in the world, we got this question. Why is the world so messed up? Why is the world so messed up? So obviously we see everything from school shootings to sickness to all of the horrible things, right, that tend to go on in the world. And, you know, with us serving God, and that can kind of really disrupt people's faith walk. And so we want to talk about this and give some clarity around this very significant question. So, Trevor, your thoughts? Yeah, well, first off, I think it's good to ask this question, Mm -hmm. whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian. It's good to ask this uh, because you shouldn't be scared of what the answer might be. Mm. Um, You you should trust in that, that God is wanting to answer this for you. Um, but I think there's a difference in blaming God for something and like questioning, uh, because blaming is saying like, God, this is your fault. Like this world is so messed up. How could you let it be so messed up? Uh, whereas questioning is like, Hey God, I see all this stuff going on in the world. Like, do you have an answer to this? Like what's going on here? But what, what has your experience been with that question? Yeah, I would say with this question, um, if I've learned anything in my life, it's how to suffer well. Um, I've shared with you, share with you guys on a different podcast. I think it's titled "If God Is Good, Why Do Bad Things Happen?" Uh, and then also in my testimony es- episode as well. If you haven't heard those, you should go back and listen to it. But you know, I share a lot about how, like in college, for example, I grew up with a single mom, and my mom tragically um, passed away. And so, when it comes to like my experience with this and dealing with it, like there have been, you know, especially that time, but multiple times in my life where, you know, when like when she passed, that was you know, a moment where I asked myself, like, why does this have to happen to me? Like, why is this world so cruel, so messed up? I I felt like I've been doing everything right. I felt like I've been like reading my Bible and praying and doing the things and trusting God and all that great stuff. And yet this stuff is still happening to me. And I have to imagine that the people, you know, who are going through, you know, what, like I mentioned earlier, like whether it is a, a school shooting or a sickness or you know, like me, you actually lose a loved one or a breakup, like we mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago, all this stuff, right? It's like always asking the question, like, why, dude? Like, why is this world so jacked up? Like, why does this stuff like have to happen? But I want to ask you too, Trevor, like, have you ever struggled with that question too? Has that ever been something you've kind of tossed around in your brain? For sure. I mean, if you, your eyes are open, you see all the bad things that are happening in the world. And it's like, it's almost like, life kind of works in these cycles to where like some time will pass and then another big bad thing happens. Then some more time will pass and people try to move on from that. And then there's a war going on overseas and then some time passes and somebody's a victim of a hate crime and some time passes and there's a school shooting and all this stuff. And like, it just keeps reminding us of no matter how much we try to avoid it and think that we can distract ourselves. Like there's some true evil that is coursing around this world. And it's Mm. just evidence of the fact that like, you can't deny the world is messed up. Yeah. And I think that's, and I think a couple things with this though, you know, and, and going kind of sliding into the answer here, 
something we need to set the precedent for, and I want to say this as sensitive and as compassionately as possible. The world right now is evil, and it is evil. Mm-hmm. It's messed up, and it is messed up. It's all those things that it is right now. It is not really more evil or worse than it was in the past. I think just because we live in the right now and the present, we feel like, oh, well, everything presently is far more worse than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. But historically speaking, that's not really the case. A couple examples of that. Like, think about it. Like, in the early 1900s, there was World War One, where the whole world was fighting. It was the first time ever – like ever that there's been like a whole planet wide war. Not a fun time. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, people's fathers, you know, sons, you know, some people getting sent off the war and dying, not coming back. There was no communication. So you never really knew that like if they were coming back, you know, think of like smallpox, right? Like there are millions of people who died of smallpox. Whereas nowadays, like it's so rare for someone to die of that because we had the vaccines and things like that. Mm. Um, I read a one story where like George Washington, the old president, you know, the first president was like, the night before he died, he had to get surgery, which surgery is such a normal occurrence nowadays. But the night before he died, he had to get a surgery, which back then was not a normal occurrence. It was basically a death sentence mm. that if you wanted to go and get something stitched up, I mean, it's 50-50 shot, you're going to die. Mm. And they said that the night before George Washington died, just in like your surgery in that day, bled out like multiple pints of blood and then died the next day. Like that was the healthcare back then. And so something to always keep in mind is that the world as bad as it is, is not really worse off than it was in the past. Um, and so that's always an interesting thing to keep in mind here is like, let's look at this from an objective standpoint when it comes to asking the question of like, why is the world so messed up? Um, and I think another thing too with it, Trevor, and then, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on it as well is that along with achieving that perspective, we have to achieve another perspective, which is our definition of good is likely different than God's definition of good. So bear with me here, right? For example, Trevor, give me things that you consider good. They don't have to be serious things. Like what are like good things that you consider? Uh, like hanging out with friends. Hanging out with friends. Maybe Chick-fil-A. Yeah. What charity. El- charity. What else is good? What else is good in your uh, life? Being nice to people. Being nice to people. What else is good? Like what do you enjoy? Uh, when you have enough rewards on your Chick-fil-A app there. to get your whole meal free. That's right. That's your some whole, good stuff. Your whole meal free on the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> And that's the thing, right? So Chick-fil-A, hanging out with friends, uh, you know, all these things. Maybe it's even like a girlfriend or maybe for you, you know, a boyfriend or, a, you know, hats, new shoes, uh, all these things, right? A good a good book. These are good things. And yeah. the reason that we consider these things good is because they make us feel good. Mm. I like watching Netflix, a good show on Netflix. I like eating my free Chick-fil-A because that's I am true. a Silver Rewards Platinum <laughs> member or whatever I am. I like hanging out with friends because I feel good. I feel like I'm in community and stuff like that. And that's great. But yet what we consider good is what makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. What God considers good is what glorifies him. I'll say that one more time for you guys. What we consider good is what makes us feel good. But yet what God considers good is what glorifies him. And sometimes, Trevor, those things are not the same thing, right? Like what always makes us feel good is not all the time what glorifies God. So like some examples, right? Let's think about this. What might make us feel good is we talked about in a previous episode, like premarital sex, sex outside of marriage feels good, but you would agree it's not good, good. right? Um, Drinking, smoking feels good in the moment, but it probably is not good. It doesn't glorify God, right? And so we can quickly see like, especially when it comes to sin, that there's, there's disparity there, but there's also disparity on the other side of things. Let's think about glorifying God. And like for, I talked about this in a previous episode too, 
sometimes a breakup is the best thing that ever happened to you, but it doesn't feel good. It's like we talked about it, you know, two weeks ago, like breakups stink. They hurt. They're really bad. But if that breakup is the thing that turns you to God and gets you back on track, whether it's with your quiet time or your prayer life or gets you back into the Christian community that you need to be in, that breakup is the best thing that ever happened to you. But Trevor, question, does a breakup feel good? Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Well, let me ask you something too, yeah, yeah. just because I think some people might be hearing this and might be thinking this too. Is like, so are you saying that uh, these messed up things that we're seeing happening in the world, like people getting trafficked and murdered mm. and all this stuff, is that God saying like, oh well, God sees this as good, even though it doesn't look good to me? Like, where is the difference between like God's perspective on His purpose for something happening versus ours? Like, does God cause those things to happen, or is it mm. something that happens and He just has a different way of how He uses that for a different purpose yeah. than what we might see? You know, that is a great uh, question, Trevor, and you know, the question of the day, like what everybody's trying to figure out why, like, how could God be good, but yet all these terrible things happen. And I think it's both and kind of what you're saying, right? So evil, as C.S. Lewis calls it, evil is just the abuse of free will. So mm -hmm. as humans, we have free will. We have the ability to do what we want. And most people appreciate that until someone freely messes up their life. Yeah. Right. You know, whether it is, God forbid, a sex trafficking situation, uh, you know, uh, an assault situation, whatever it may be, right? So asking, is that good? Like, is God really using that for good? There's two components there, right? There is, oftentimes, God is in the business of turning trials and the triumph and pain into purpose. One more time. Mm -hmm. God is in the business of turning trials and the triumphs and pain into purposes. So the breakups, the, you know, leveraging maybe your family hardships, whatever it may be, and using that for your ultimate good. We think of the story uh, in Genesis of Joseph, right, who was, you know, sentences sold into slavery and then, you know, did all this stuff, was in the prison, then eventually rose the ranks of Egypt and took care of his family and all that stuff, right? Where God was leveraging those bad things for his ultimate good and to glorify himself, God, in the end. And there's that situation. But yet there are so many other situations of which so many bad things happening. You can't clearly see where this is going, right? So there's a component of we have free will and we abuse it. Oftentimes. So if you have the free will to obey God and disobey God, then you ultimately can disobey him. And so we think about that with, gosh, you know, all the horrible things, all the heinous acts that people commit, right? Whether it's murder, rape, all those horrible things that we can imagine, right? Of someone who's free to do what they want, obey God or disobey God, and they step right outside of what God would have them for them to do. And as a result, we see the evil things that we have. And that's that other component. But don't forget the first component. God oftentimes uses those things, the people who step outside their free will, step outside the plan of God and exercising their free will rather, and just mess people's lives up. And so there's two components. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's, it is a tough thing to deal with because most of the time in these situations, people, people don't want a philosophy lesson. They don't need a philosopher. Yeah. They need a pastor. That's true. And they don't need like the laws of you know sociology or anything like that. They need love and mm -hmm. compassion. And you know, I it was one, I've once heard it said that behind every question is a questioner. Yeah. And so when it comes to the stuff like those laws didn't help me yeah. when I was going through what I was going through. Um, you know, with my mom and my family. If someone would have looked at me and just be like, "Well, Nick, you know," and people did like God's going to use it. And theologically speaking, philosophically speaking, like, that's so true. Yeah. Right? That's such a good point. 
I did not appreciate that mm-hmm. good point at the time. Because you might not see it instantly. And yeah. and even like in a long-term scale, like you might not see it in this life, like on this earth, you might not see how God uses that for a greater purpose. It might not be until you're in heaven and you're able to see how God is able to be with you in this glorified state to where there is no pain, there is no evil, there is no suffering. Yeah. And I think that's one of the like most hopeful parts of this question and, and asking like, if God could stop all this bad, all these bad things from happening, why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. And I think an answer to that is he could redeem it. Mm-hmm. Like there is a hope in heaven. Like this isn't our, our final point in being on this earth. When we mm-hmm. die, we're just changing locations. Like yeah. there will be a time for those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ to where there will be no more pain. There will be no more evil acts. These sinful people deciding to be their own gods, not living for a standard outside of themselves to say, hey, you shouldn't uh, go into this school and mm-hmm. shoot up a bunch of people. Like we will be in a place to where there is peace, there is hope in heaven. And I think that's something that has so much power to like, for us when we see all these evil things happening, knowing like this isn't God's fault. Like God hates this stuff just as much as I do. Mm. And he hates it so much that he came down to this world uh, to make it possible for us to not have to experience that forever. Yeah, and I and I love that. And it's so true. And something, you know, we probably forgot and should have mentioned at the outset is right is, this world is sinful, yeah. straight up. There's you know, sinful nature has rolled down as a result of you know Genesis, the Genesis account with Adam and Eve and eating yeah. the fruit and all that stuff. And so I like to explain it to people in this way, especially for my gamers who are going to appreciate this illustration. Is that in the games and Madden or Call of Duty or whatever you're playing out there, you can have like settings, right? Mm-hmm. You can set your default setting. It's like you you can operate outside of the setting sometimes, but for the most part, like this is default. This is what you naturally are inclined to do, whether mm-hmm. it's a you know a gun game, a, a sports game, whatever. When Adam and Eve sinned, our default setting became sin. Mm. Like the norm became evil. And I think people have this assumption like, well, everything should just be good. Like everything should just be fine. Like that's that's the default setting. It's like, no, it's not. The default setting, unfortunately, and as terrible as it sounds, is murder. It is sex trafficking. It is God, mass shootings. It is selfishness it is pride it is lying it is cheating that's the default setting of the world that we live in and that's something for us to always remind ourselves of is like and as you mentioned we're just switching locations and the reason why we can look forward to switching locations is because of the fact this world stinks Mm -hmm. and god never intended it to be this way permanently but right now this is the dichotomy that we operate in which is i want to operate in a way that honors god but yet i live in a simple simple world um, and I think, you know, kind of as you were mentioning too, it's like we can't always see how things are going to turn out. Um, you know, answering the question, I'll be honest, answering the question, why is the world so messed up is easy to answer. Philosophically, it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, free will and then you have God leveraging it and, you know, all the stuff and all the scriptures that point along with it. Like God could use it. And then it's also the fact that we have the sinful nature and like all those points are great. Yeah. The harder question it is to answer is why is my world messed up? Mm. Why is your world messed up, right? And I think to that is, I want to put like my pastor cap on, which is truly, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why you didn't get the job. I don't know why your loved one had to pass. I don't know why they had to get sick. I don't, I don't know why you didn't get to the college. I don't, I don't know. I truly don't know, but God does. And the way I like to explain it, and maybe it'll 
give you a doorway to an answer is, you know, for those listening is, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, not a big fan. My wife went there. It was Texas A&M band. Mm. Um, and the, that's the thing that's interesting about the A&M band apart from other bands is the fact that like people stay and watch the band at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like usually halftime, you're like going to get some other stuff. But like <laughs> in this case, it's like, no, I'm going to watch them. And the great thing about the band is like when you're at like ground level, which I've never had the privilege of being at the ground level, but you know, for people who are down there, yeah, they get to see the band up close and personal. And really, if you're up close and personal, you can't see at all what they're doing. Like you see them running around, it looks like chaos. Mm-hmm. But it's only when you're in the nosebleeds in the student section that you can see like they're creating a T and an E and an X and an A and an S and you know, or they're, you know, creating some sort of amazing formation. It's only when you get above the thing that is going on that you can finally see the whole picture of it and for those listening who it's like why is my world messed up nick i want to know what why this is happening to me my encouragement for you is one i don't know for sure and you may never know for sure but you can know a lot better once you get down the road once you get above it once you get past it a few years or a few months you'll finally be able to see like okay this looked like chaos at the time but i could kind of see how this connected to this and if this wouldn't happen i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to go here and you know if this had not gone on in my life then maybe i would have never chose this college or been in this job or gone to this state and met this person and done done this and done that that is the doorway to the answer for your specific problems but you know trevor for you and you know are there any final thoughts on this question? Anything that you want to add when it comes to like, why is the world so messed up? Yeah. I mean, just what you were just talking about, like that's one of my favorite parts of following Christ is being able to look back and see how he was putting pieces together that I didn't even know needed to be there. And, and to see like, wow, like I never would have been a posi- in a position that I could have fully surrendered for Christ if this thing in my life didn't get taken away. And at first, that could have been something that I used to blame God. And Romans 8.28 talks about, it says, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And so often... I put a period after God causes all things mm-hmm. and said, this is your fault. Like, look what you did in my life. Why would you take this away from me? Um, when in reality, he's causing the things to work together. Like the thing happened, you know, as a result of being in this broken world. But I can choose to trust in him, to depend on him, to comfort me, to not necessarily get the answer, but have a peace that transcends understanding and uh that's what it's about. It's it's not about trying to necessarily figure out why everything happened the way it did, but to trust that God has a greater purpose. Yeah, and that's so good. And as we close today, you know, a question that I've got a, got a, a ton as a pastor, and I'm sure I will get even more question that I need to remind myself of is what is the proper response? What's the proper response to suffering, especially if it's happening to you personally? Is to ask another question. Is not to ask though. How can I get out of this? How can, what is the quickest route out of the issue that I'm dealing with right now? Instead, ask, what can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. Not how can I get out of this, but what can I get out of this? What principle, what, what insight, what thing could God be trying to teach me? What principle could he be trying to teach you as a result of the trial, the suffering, of the, just the difficulty that you're battling? And so, guys, we so appreciate you listening again, and we pray that this helps you, that this encourages you, and gives you tons of clarity. Peace. I hope this episode helped you out and provided you tons of clarity and encouragement. If so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. It helps more than you know. Until next time.